How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. If you are new to the channel, make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy the video. Today, we're talking about some injury updates, notably Carlos Rodon. If you aren't up to date, Carlos Rodon has a left forearm strain that's going to knock him out for probably the first month of the regular season. There is a silver lining. There is some good news there that I do want to discuss with you guys and Ryan, of course. And then Harrison Bader suddenly coming down with oblique discomfort. Who knows what that means? They're going to be doing some testing today to figure out exactly what's going on with Harrison, but this is an integral piece to our kind of puzzle here. He's our starting center fielder. He's one of our best defensive players, and we know he's capable of a lot on the offensive side when he's in flow, so losing him would be a significant blow, but for right for now, it's just discomfort. We'll obviously update you guys with any um, up-to-date news regarding that injury, and then we'll discuss a couple other things, you know, from yesterday's game, then this upcoming game this afternoon, um, some notable things to talk about, but Brian, before we dive into it, how do you do today, my friend? Yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely not a great, you know, it has been a great 24 hours for Yankee fans in terms of news. Um, you know, there's been a lot of injury situations that have been uh, definitely suboptimal for the New York Yankees, uh, in, in, including and not limited to Carlos Ordon. Um, you know, they definitely dodged a bullet with that injury. Um, you know, looking at uh, what it could have been, uh, what what it was initially reported as, you know, uh, even while we were recording our initial reaction to it, you know, there's still more information coming out. Um, you know, the, the way you look at it is you, you dodged a bullet, right? You're just happy that it's not a UCL you're happy that the forearm strain is forearm strain is not in an area where uh, you're necessarily concerned about UCL issues becoming, uh, you know, a thing. Um, it, it's uh, comforting that he's dealt with it before, in the sense that, and I know that sounds weird because it's like, why would you want a guy to have a recurring issue? But it, it's comforting in the sense that we know he's pitched through it, and we know that if he had to, he would pitch through it. Um, he could pitch if need be. It's just a matter of the Yankees don't want to be reckless with this. Um, it's a clear shift in uh, approach and a clear departure from how things went last year, where uh, it felt like, you know, the Yankees, not that they were trying to push guys necessarily, or maybe it was more so a combination of, you know, the Yankees not getting honesty from their players about their injury situation or whatever it may be. What it seems like is the Yankees are going to take a more precautious approach, which they should, right? I think last year kind of taught them that lesson where it's like, you know, there were certain guys who were trying to trying to pitch through things. and That's going to happen all the time. Every year, you're going to have one guy at least who tries to pitch or play through something and get themselves more hurt. Um, and, and Rodon was someone that could have done that. He could have tried to do that, and it was shut down pretty quickly, uh, which I think is a good thing, right? Uh, you know, the quotes where it's like, you know, it's not about having Rodon, you know, just for the all-star break or having Rodon just for the first few months of the year. You sign Rodon because you're going to get him into the postseason. Here's the thing, guys. The Yankees are making the postseason. Um, the Yankees, the New York Yankees will be in the postseason. I, I There is no doubt about that, right? Unless every single player on the 26-man roster gets hurt, this New York Yankees team is, has, is going to the postseason. With that being said, you need to be healthy for the postseason, right? You know, this isn't even saying, you know, I understand the division is important, and I 100% I, I agree with that. Um, but it's just as important to be healthy. It's just as important to have all your guys. So, you know, the Yankees have to be precautious. This is the approach they have to take. I can't sit here again and criticize the Yankees for the Montas thing and say, please, please, you know, I'd rather you have just IL'd Montas for two months than have this happen and then get upset, you know, because Carlos Rodon's getting IL'd for something that he could theoretically pitch through. Um, so I think they handled this right. I think this is the correct way to do things, and I wish for a speedy recovery because end of the day, Rodon's a big part of this team, and I don't really foresee this being a long-term issue. Yeah, I mean, look, we hope to God it's not. And there is some good news I want to share with you guys. So Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, who Ryan interviewed a couple weeks ago, um, spoke to Dr. Spencer Stein, a sports health orthopedic surgeon at NYU Langone Orthopedics, 
And his news is pretty good, and it's kind of regarding this kind of rare injury that Rodon is going through right now, this uh, brachioread- I don't even know, brachioradialis <laughs> muscle. So basically, this is the quote from uh, Dr. Stein. He says, most commonly, the forearm muscles that are strained are called the flexor pronators, of which the, brachio- the brachioradialis is not one. Um, these flexor pronator muscle strains can be quite disabling. Brachioradialis strains are less common and don't see as much torque and strain as the other flexor muscles. For that reason, the prognosis is better and should lead to a shorter recovery. Now, this also has no impact on the UCL. It's a totally different muscle grouping. Um, so there's no damage there, and that's a very good sign because a lot of people worry that this flexor or this forearm strain was a precursor to a UCL, a torn you know, UCL, which would require Tommy John surgery. That doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be more of a muscle thing, and it's a lot easier to recover from. Aaron Boone said best-case scenario, April is when they hope Carlos Rodon can recover and return to the Yankees, and he's only going to be off the mound for seven to ten days, right? So no pitching for about two weeks, a little bit less than that. And then he gets back into it and ramps up his process once more and hopefully um, can, you know, get back to the Yankees next month at some point. And, you know, worst case, you're looking at maybe, uh, what, I guess, what, March, April, May, maybe an early May return, which is still pretty much the entire season. The Yankees can survive for a month without Carlos Rodon. Obviously, having two of your Three of two of your five starting pitchers out already before opening day is really annoying. Frankie Montas and now Rodone. So you're looking at Domingo German, you're looking at um, Clark Schmidt to really pick up the slack here. But Ryan, you know, in the meantime, how do you think the Yankees supplement Carlos Rodone? Do you think they're looking at Schmidt and Herman as the primary guys, or do you think maybe there's someone else in the mix they should consider? Yeah, so uh, the way I view things with the New York Yankees is that, I I mean, I look at that pitching staff, and I'm going to trust that pitching staff to get the job done. Um, You know, Clark Schmidt is someone who I've raved about. Clark Schmidt has really good stuff. Um, The cutter is really going to help him out. Um, Just evaluating him on a stuff basis, purely on a stuff basis, he's remarkable. Uh, In terms of pitching plus, again, remarkable. Um, You know, when you're looking at guys in the Yankees, you know, who tossed 50 or more innings last year, you know, it's going to shock you. If you look at pitching plus, that leaderboard, it's Garrett Cole, Michael King, and then Clark Schmidt, right? So ahead of Nestor Cortez, ahead of Clay Holmes, ahead of Luis Severino, ahead of Jameson Town, who had a pretty solid year last year, ahead of Wandy Peralta, right? You know, like, this is a guy who's really damn talented. Um, he does a lot of things really well. You know, number one, he has a really diverse pitch mix. Um, he's replaced his forcing fastball the cutter, which is something that I think can only be positive for him. His forcing fastball sucked. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's it's me being harsh here. Right. I think if Clark Schmidt was listening to this, he would agree. His forcing fastball was atrocious. It was a bad pitch. Throwing that over the heart of the plate would lead to bad things. He had to be perfect with that pitch. Right. This cutter, you don't have to be perfect with the cutter. You can miss with the cutter. And if you miss with the cutter, you might still get a guy. If you miss in, you might get a guy to chop at it or chase, you know, and, and break their bat or something. That's a much better contact inducing pitch than a than a than a forcing fastball is. The sinker is still pretty solid. Um, and then you know about the breaking balls, the sweeping curveball, the, the the baby sweeper and the slider. I mean, it, he's got two elite breaking balls. He's a really, 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 really talented pitcher. Um, I think he could put it together this year. Um, but you're looking at Domingo Herman as the more safe pick, you know, in terms of like a guy who, you know, just you've seen him start before. The velocities creep back in. He's had the better spring training. As much as I love Clark Schmidt, if it was just a matter of Rodon was still healthy and we had to select a five starter, I don't think it would be crazy to say, not even I don't think it'd be crazy. I think the right answer would be, I think we'd both universally, you know, unanimously select Domingo Herman to be the fifth starter of the New York Yankees. 
He's looked really good. His velocities look better. He upticked his velocity a mile an hour in his fastball. His curveball's up like two miles an hour. His changeup's up in velocity. I always love seeing jumps in velocity. That always does well in stuff plus. That always does well in terms of getting more outs. It makes quicker swing decisions, so guys have to react a little bit faster. It's always just better for a pitcher to throw a little bit harder. Uh, so the Yankees have two guys who I think can give them at least league average production, if not better than league average production. And if you get that from two starting pitchers, First off, that's your five and that's your that was your projected six and seven starter. But if you get one, you get Rodon back, which you know Brian Hoke is and and, and Marley Rivera is reported as like it's like he's just late in his throwing program. Marley Rivera literally just tweeted he's delayed in his throwing program, um, and, and Brian Hoke reported as mid to late April. So the way I view it is. I, I'm 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 expecting Carlos Rodon to still make 28 starts this year, right? I'm still expecting him to throw 150 to 160 innings this year, uh, which is where I kind of saw him throwing in between. I thought the Yankees were going to ILM at some point, whether it was for fatigue or a phantom IL stunt, whatever it may be. Uh, but those two guys can definitely get the job done. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're hoping for, right? Just supplementing those injuries. But obviously, another one to discuss is Harrison Bader, who picked up oblique discomfort. They're going to be running tests today to determine what the issue is, if there's any longevity to it. Um, obviously, not ideal. Now, Harrison Bader has had quite a troublesome injury history, if I might say. Obviously, dealing with a plantar fasciitis last year, which kept him to 86 games, 14 with the Yankees, and then obviously played nine playoff games with the team and hit five homers over that span. So, Harrison Bader is an essential variable to this team. He's a catalyst for success. He's an energizer. He has leadership qualities. He's someone we need healthy. Um, and he's eyeing an extension beyond the 2023 season. But if he can't stay healthy for this upcoming year, I don't think the Yankees should extend him. I think we need reliable players. We need guys who are going to be you know, there on a daily basis. And you can't spend a lot of money on players who ultimately aren't reliable. Um, so we need him to be that. We need him to fight off these injuries, stay healthy, whatever it's got to be. I don't know where this oblique injury came from. A lot of times oblique injuries, I feel like, come from overextending on swings. Um, so maybe something happened there. But we don't know much about this injury, but it is something to determine um, or rather discuss regarding how would we supplement it if he was forced to miss any time, Ryan. If you're looking at anyone specifically, who are you looking at to help you know fill the the hole that Harrison Bader would leave behind? If I guess the primary one would be Oswaldo Cabrera, right? Yeah, you look at the Yankees outfield, it would be judge in center field, Oswaldo Cabrera in right field, and Aaron Hicks in left field, right? Um, the way I view the Harrison Bader potential injury is, number one, it's you want to see the severity of it, right? So, like, if it's just a strain, you know, a, a, a low-grade strain, you're probably looking at Harrison Bader being a little delayed for spring training, uh, for opening day. You might lose him for a week or two, uh, but you'll get him back, and, and you'll be pretty confident in that. It could be a real issue if it's a serious strain. We've seen this happen to a lot of guys in the Yankees, most notably Aaron Judge. When he had oblique issues, you lost Judge for a good amount of time. Um, but, you know, even even when he had those milder strains in 2020, I know he had it. I think he had an oblique issue that year. Um, it was a lot more detrimental because it was a 60 game season. So even losing a guy for a week or two could be losing a guy for like, you know, 10 or 12 games, which is a big chunk of that season um, for the Yankees. You knew, you know, I, I've said I, I'm pretty sure I've said this exact line uh, on this show. Um the Yankees were going to lose Harrison Bader at some point. Harrison Bader is a guy who has a lot of injury issues. You had to anticipate and be ready to lose Harrison Bader for any period of time because he's an injury-prone player, right? The Yankees knew what they were acquiring in Harrison Bader, um, and this isn't like a all oh, the Yankees acquiring damaged goods. He was injured with the Cardinals too. Like this isn't new. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the Yankees medical staff issue. This dude has always been hurt. Um, but Oswaldo Cabrera gives the Yankees, you know, that this is why you love having Oswaldo Cabrera because, quite frankly, going from 
judge going from a judge Bader Hicks outfield to a Cabrera judge Hicks outfield is not the downgrade that I think it is or that most people think it is. You actually probably get better offensively. I'd say Cabrera is probably a better hitter than Bader is, but you're getting worse defensively. So you're probably a worse, and you're getting worse on the base path. So you're probably a worse overall team by a smidge, but you're a better lineup, right? So end of the day, I'm not looking at this as like, Harrison Bader is a bad, I'm not looking at this as either A, Harrison Bader is a player that you don't care about losing, or B, Harrison Bader is a player that if you lose him, your season dramatically alters. I'm viewing it as the Yankees can manage without Harrison Bader, but I'd much rather prefer to actually have him in center field. Uh, because then again, you can look at, if Cabrera's hitting well, you could just put Cabrera in left field if it's that, if it's just that good, the bat. Um, so the way I view things is, it's the outfield's going to be fine for now. You just hope that it's a short-term thing so that you can get Cabrera back playing all over the field. Yeah, I mean, that's your super utility guy. He's the one that has to be um, filling in these positions. If need be, of course, you know, you have Willie Calhoun, who's not going to be playing center, but maybe you move Hicks over to center, and then you move uh, Rafael Ortega, one of those guys who have a hot hand right now, into left field, you know, or you have Judge play center field, and you put Rafael Ortega in right field, and whoever in left field, you know, that's also an option. Um, You know, Judge is more than capable of playing every outfield spot. So, I mean, ideally, you have Oswaldo in right field, you have Judge in center, and then um, whoever, you know, Hicks, Ortega um, in left. So it's tough. Losing Bader is difficult. But like you said, he's an injury-prone player. You have to expect he's going to miss time at one point or another. And we have to be able to live with that. So, you know, I wish Jason Dominguez was available right now to be called up. But he still needs a little bit more time of development in the minor league system. But, man, the kid is raking right now. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday's game. But the three-run blast in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. I mean, I know the Yankees were losing and it wasn't much of a difference maker. But the kid just hits, man. I mean, all that hard work. And he's only in the double-A level. He only played a couple games with Somerset. And he's hitting against MLB-level pitchers, you know, AAA-level pitchers. This is a sign that he's probably ready to make that jump to AAA sooner rather than later. Um, so I'll ask you this, Ryan. If you're looking at Jason Dominguez, when do you think he gets that call-up to AAA? It probably happens sooner than we think, maybe two months, three months from now. Um, let's, let's, let's not even say two or three months from now. He hasn't been relegated to minor league camp yet. Yes, we saw Andre Chaparro yesterday, and he hit a home run, by the way. Third home run of spring training. OPS plus. OPS north of 1,000. Uh, had to throw that in there. But Jason Dominguez has not been relegated to minor league camp yet. Everson Prairie has already been reassigned to double A. Uh, Chaparro has already been sent down, uh, or sent down as in relegated to minor league camp. You've seen, uh, I forgot which arms they were, but I know there are, Spencer Jones has already been sent down. Um, there are a lot of guys who have already been relegated to minor league camp. If you look at the prospects that are currently playing on the Yankees right now, it's Peraza, Volpe, and Dominguez. Those are the main guys. Those are the guys who haven't been relegated yet. But you expected that with Peraza, and you expect that with Volpe. You expected Peraza to be the starting shortstop. You expected Volpe to battle for the shortstop job. How is Dominguez still here then, right? So I'm not saying that he's going to make the major league team. I, I don't think that's happening. There's there's like a, a sub. There's If there was a number below zero that you could tangibly put on a percentage, that would be the number for him to be on the major league roster. But AAA, I think he could start in AAA, man. I his his swing decisions are not just good. They are elite. He has elite swing decisions. He makes incredible swing decisions. Look at his walk to strikeout rate in spring training. It is he has more walks than strikeouts, right? I, I'm I, I'm looking at his numbers. You're looking at you know the things he accomplished last year. You're looking at the things he's accomplished in spring training. The exit velocities. It's just looked great. Everything across the board has looked great for Jason Dominguez. I. I was someone who was I, – I have been staunchly against putting Jason Dominguez in AAA coming in spring training. I have been even more staunchly against putting Jason Dominguez, you know, at 
the major league level, right? I am a guy who likes to say, take it easy with prospects, take it slow, don't overreact, don't, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of that. I'm overreacting right now because there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of tangible information here to overreact with. There's a lot of really good information, really good data, really good things to see from Jason Dominguez, the way he carries himself. And I see some people saying, oh, he's only doing it against minor leaguers. That's BS. He is doing it against guys who are major league guys and triple A guys. He's dominated. He's performed really well. His chase rate last year at the double A level for a 19 year old, 25%. That's elite. His contact rates are pretty good. His max exit velocity, 112.7 miles an hour. Like, this dude is going to be a beast if he polishes his game. I'm putting him in AAA to start the year. I've seen enough to say that. I think that's a pretty real take. You know, I think that what we've seen from him is top-end prospect stuff. He is, you know, kind of living up to the expectations that we had for him. Um, and we haven't seen it in the regular season at the MLB level, but he's not supposed to be there yet. You know, this is a guy who is supposed to be climbing through double-A slowly, you know, just kind of making, taking the steps forward properly. He's expedited that whole process with his spring training performance. He has told the Yankees brass that he is capable of playing against higher-level talent, and he should be playing against higher-level talent, even if it takes him a little bit longer to assimilate to AAA, and I don't think it will. I think he's he's ready, man. He looks like he's ready to take that jump to AAA and then you know maybe even help this team down the stretch um, during you know the, the back end of the season here if there's any injuries or you know needs that we have. The Yankees shouldn't prospect tug if they if they don't have to. They shouldn't keep these guys down for you know service time manipulation purposes. You got Judge on a nine year contract. You got some of these guys that need to be helping this team right now. Anthony Volpe obviously is a big one. Oswald Prowse is expected to win that shortstop battle. I think Volpe and you know Dominguez. Volpe's definitely going to be with this team at some point in the regular season, just a matter of when. Jason, I wouldn't be surprised if he got called up down the stretch, you know, to help, you know, similar to how what they did last year with uh, Peraza, you know, after that August 18th uh, service time deadline where, you know, you, if you're a prospect and you get called up, you don't, it doesn't add up any service time, you know, you get to a clean slate if you're the team the year following. That's definitely something to consider. Bring up Jason, let him get some MLB experience, and you don't have to get any service time um, allocation. So that's certainly a good one. But guys, one last thing I want to tell you: um, we're supposed to have Andrea Shaparo, that's Ryan's guy, on the podcast coming up in a couple days. Here, we're going to figure it out. He wants to come on and do a little interview with us. He's been awesome this spring training. Maybe we'll wait until he goes back to minor league camp. And interestingly, they actually said that he was, you know, uh, reassigned to minor league camp. Um, but I guess it's in the same, same area down in Tampa anyway. So I guess they just called him right over to uh, spring training with the Yankees and had him continue hitting. And he's been tremendous, man. I mean, Chaparro, the guy is a monster. He is a slugger through and through, and he's not that bad defensively either. He's another player to keep an eye on. And we're going to talk to him and ask him, you know, what he's feeling, his expectations, um, how spring training has gone for him. We'll get all the information for you guys. But this is one of the more underrated prospects that's made a name for himself during spring training that we are going to get exclusive level content for you guys as always care about you guys a lot and appreciate all the love as always. And if you're new to the channel, like I said earlier in the episode, make sure to like, make sure to drop a subscription, turn on the notifications button, daily content, multiple stuff coming out every day. We got the shorts going. We got Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, everything you need, website material, articles, you know, whatever you need to follow this Yankee team. We got you covered as always and we appreciate all the love. So make sure to like, subscribe. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.